and welcome to Tech Talks. Today we have the lovely Rebecca from Ecolo joining us. Um, Rebecca is our champion about sustainability and ethical sourcing of non-fast fashion. <laughs> Hello Rebecca, welcome. Hello, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. So, I know a little bit about Ecolo because me and you met a while ago. But for the audience who are listening and watching, would you give us it in a nutshell what it's all about? Absolutely. So I started this brand with the idea of bringing something sustainable to the market. And um, so I source my pieces and I either do screen printing on them or I do heat press or embroidery. So I have a few pieces here and it was all to do with sustainability and with the idea of promoting a sustainable and ethical fashion so it's meant to be both human and environmentally friendly which is brilliant because it's been it all in the press hasn't it for quite a while now about these huge fast fashion brands that are churning out garments in their thousands and making a massive profit um, getting celebrities involved, etc., etc., to endorse them. But then we've got the problem that what happens when we don't want to wear it anymore? And then you've got the... I guess it's about changing a mindset as well of people because we're all guilty of nipping to Primark or other high streets and going, oh, that's great, it's £20, that'll do. But your message is different, isn't it? And you're more about... Well, you tell me, what are you about? Because I know the I know the answers. <laughs> no, absolutely. Honestly, I used to as well. I mean, I, I still have Primark stuff in my wardrobe before I was aware of the effect that it actually has. Mm -hmm. So, you know, after when I started this clothing brand was when I started digging into everything and just researching and finding out more information. So that's when I became aware and that's when I, you know, started to realise that there's no such thing as cheap clothes. Mm. Someone is going to pay the price. So it's either you, the consumer, who's buying it or it's the person who is making it. And, you know, then you just have to think what's fair. Yeah. And either there's going to be an environmental impact. So if it's very cheap you know, they're not going to offer a circularity to it. They're not going to, you know, be aware of which way is the best way to source those fabrics to to be able to produce it. So they're mm -hmm. always going to go to for the cheapest option, which, you know, isn't, isn't going to be either human or, or environmentally friendly. So No, because as we know, a lot of it ends up in landfill or... Like, I think I could count, on one hand, maybe two or three charity bags that come through my door every week saying we want donations of clothes, etc. Um, I tend to take my clothes to the local charity shop or I sell them on Vinted or eBay for somebody else to reuse them. And I guess that's... We're not... You're not telling people, you must not buy here. You're just wanting to educate people of the impact this has and showing them, like we've got here today, different ways and different options that are available that they might not know about and giving them the opportunity 
to make a small difference? Yes, no, absolutely. And, you know, I fully understand sometimes it comes down to style as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, the style that you like and what you represent, you might not be able to find, you know, in certain brands and you might just be able to find in that one shop. And I'm not here to say that, you know, these brands aren't good brands, you shouldn't buy from them. Absolutely not. No. Uh, you know, there's just a better way of doing things. So I'm hoping that, you know, with the progression of the brand and, you know, the projects that we'll be mm -hmm. going to have a chat about in a minute, uh, with the progression of that, we'll be able to get these brands involved in doing the right thing as well. So it's not about excluding anyone. It's about including everyone into a new way of thinking. Because that's it, isn't it? I know I, my style's a bit quirky and... I love vintage clothes, but you can't just go and get them off the high street. Um, a lot of vintage sellers don't have a shop and they do it online and then you need to try things on. And it's great that they're repurposing older clothing, which is fab. But at the same time, I would love to be able to buy that more on the high street, but in a more... With, with a more ethical and, you know, sustainable story attached to it um, because it's just easier to source. But we don't get all that joy and the way the high street's going at the moment. I don't think there'll be much left. But that creates a gap in the market for people like yourself who are educating the consumers. And that leads me quite nicely on to our involvement and how we met and the other work that you've been doing. So how did you get involved with Teg from the beginning? Because I know you knew Jenny first and then you came to me. <laughs> yes. So um, I went to the Rum Story and I secured a partnership with them. Um, so I started producing some aprons and bags with a design that is specially designed for them, mm -hmm. uh, which is themed, you know, with the rum story and pirates. So it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool. And then I was introduced to Jenny and I had a first chat with her and then she told me about the support that you give, the mentoring that you give, Rachel, which honestly I am so <laughs> grateful for. It's we been have amazing. Chats, don't we? <laughs> yes, it blows my mind every time. <laughs> and um and that's how I got involved. So now I have the opportunity to do the street markets every second Saturday of the month in, in Whitehaven on King Street, mm -hmm. which is amazing, you know, especially, you know, for me, I'm a single mum who started a brand out of nothing. So it's, it's really hard because, you know, I have to make sure my son has food on the table, of course. you know, as well as trying to build something new. So to have the opportunity to do the marketplace free of charge. I honestly, and the mentoring, you know, and all that knowledge that, you know, has been exchanged. But honestly, I'm so grateful for it, Rachel. Oh, it's been well. amazing. You know, it really has positioned, given me a different position and has really helped me to try to grow the brand and have a chat with people as well, explain, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what am I tr trying to achieve? And... Yeah, because everything's got a story and that's the bit that everybody's interested in. It's like, oh, so how did you start this and when did you do that? And have you spoke to this person? Because what you'll have found is with West Cumbrians or Cumbrians in general, 
everybody knows everybody else. And you have one chat with one person. They're like, oh, you need to talk to such and such at such and such. Like I've done to you. <laughs> oh, have you spoken to this person? Um, but that's the other thing as well. You're working full time and doing this. And you've got a son and he's wonderful and he's over there and he's been brilliant. <laughs> and you're working full time. You're a single mum. You're an eco-warrior and you're trying to push the, the message. But you're also doing some other things, aren't you? I am, yeah. You're very excited. <laughs> kind of tired. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I started all of this because of my son. So, you know, I just, I started the brand because I wanted to be able to have more time with him. Uh, and it grew into something like completely different because, again, I, I wanted to offer a circularity scheme with the clothing. I thought, well, if it's going to be ethical and sustainable, it only makes sense for me to offer circularity. And I don't want, you know, these products to end up in landfill. Mm. You know, I want our future generations to be able to enjoy the natural environments that we have. You know, I want them to be able to see penguins and polar bears and hedgehogs, oh, yeah. you know. So I thought, well, okay, let's see. I started, you know, trying to contact some companies in the UK to see what recycling processes they use and, you know, so I could make mm -hmm. an informed decision of how I would, you know, offer this to my clients. And that's when I found that we don't recycle textiles in the UK. So I reached out to University of Manchester and University of Cumbria and asked them for help with a study on the carbon footprint mm -hmm. of our current, you know, the current way we're dealing with our textiles and um, a proposed new method, which is what I'm trying to implement, which is a fibre-to-fibre -fiber textile recycling process, which I'm trying to bring to Cumbria. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was mind-blowing. I did not know the situation was as bad as it is. So, yeah, that's the project. Yeah. That so it's like, okay, so we're doing this one, we're doing that one. We're doing... <laughs> but it's, it's admirable especially for me, that you've done that piece of work with two of the really good universities in the UK. And then that piece of work, we we hope, well, it's going to propel you forward to look at setting up a CIC company to do this recycling. And you're involved with other groups and things who are going to support you with that, and we're going to support you. But I guess this is a bit of a plea to the people watching and listening is... If you're um, interested in textile recycling and would like to invest or sponsor, then by all means, um, Rebecca will share her contact details at the end of the show and have a conversation because that's what it's about. You know, you want that support and investment from your local community, which is Whitehaven, and then it can propel forward and take the idea forward to who knows where because if we're not doing it in the UK there's nothing to say you can't be the flagship location and uh, business that's going to start this and it's incredibly important because I think even the charity shops are overwhelmed with stock at the moment um, some charity shops I know I am um, they start turning you away and they're like I'm like well where else are we going to take it or oh, there's um, a clothing bin down at Asda or somewhere but then that's full. And then what? Well, people just, like you say, they throw it out. Um, not so much in our house because things get 
my uh, mother-in-law's dressmaker, like a bit of a seamstress. So any spare fabric goes through to her and she makes um, things for the grandkids. So it's all recycled in as much as we can. And I suppose it's, it's inevitable that you're going to have to get rid of some things, aren't you? Because they're damaged or whatever. But we need to think a bit kind of more, I can't think of the word. <laughs> um, more, more holistic, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, be a bit more accountable for what we, what we do because, you know, the, the council's introduced the recycling schemes that, so we've all got umpteen wheelie bins and boxes and bags to put different cardboard, plastic and glass. And then some charities put bags through your door for you to fill with clothes, but then sometimes they don't come and pick them up. <laughs> so it, wouldn't it be wonderful if there's, you know, as part of your scheme, specific places that people can take their cl surplus clothing or garments, fabrics, and know that it's going to be recycled and that they've contributed to the the circle of life and the ecosystem and all the rest of it. Because it, what can it be recycled into? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the insane part for me is uh, that's the part that I don't understand. This is valuable resources. So even if a garment is damaged, if you go through this fibre to fibre process, so it basically it just decomposes the cotton into mm. its natural state, the polyester remains untouched and you can reprocess both of them and make new clothes. That's you know, it, it's just beautiful. So we have all of this wealth of, you know, used, yeah, untouched <laughs> yeah. textiles that are going to waste, are creating a really serious issue. If anyone wants to know the numbers, because I, I don't know the numbers by heart, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> if you want to know the actual numbers of what our textile waste is costing to the planet and to our future generations, you know, can you seriously look at your child and not, worry about it you know mm. that's that's where I've came from that's why I started this and that's why I'm having to push it further because you know I found out this information so mm. can you seriously look at them and just think well I'm not going to do my bit because you know I don't can't be bothered yeah. or you know we, we have to and there's a really beautiful way of doing it that will generate green jobs for our area you know, there's only positives. It adds value to everything. So, you know... Why not is the big question, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Because if it adds jobs to the area, it strengthens the future generation. I guess the key message is people need to be educated about it. And I, um, I get on my high horse when it comes to stuff like this because I think... It, it, it rounds back, if anybody listened uh, or watched episode one, they'll hear me talk about, we need to teach this in schools, we need to get it on the <laughs> curriculum. And um, But these things that we're talking about, these issues that the country, the planet, the future are facing, why aren't they being taught, recognised, um, put under the spotlight? Everywhere. Because I'm thinking, like, further down the line you could be that ambassador that goes into schools and tells them all about it and why the schools should set up a recycling you know partnership with you or something like that and there's because you think of the uniforms that end up god knows where and i know some schools do um 
they try and resell old uniforms to families who maybe can't afford brand new ones, which is great, but there will be surplus all the time. What, where do the uniforms go when the kids leave school? Yeah, I mean, especially uniforms, because then they're personalised, aren't mm. they? So it's really difficult to go to a charity shop, Yeah, as an example. But, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd be there unpicking the logo. Patch <laughs> 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 on. <laughs> I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as I was saying before, if you want to know the numbers, I do write a blog on my website. So you can find the numbers there that has... Um, from the, the study yeah. from, from University of Manchester, which is just interesting to know. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, valuable information to know. Uh, but I think, you know, there's so much that can be tapped into, like school uniforms, you know, overloaded charity. And as well, the clothes that get donated to charity that they don't want. So, yeah. you know, there's so much that we can do. There is, you know, lots of valuable resources out there that instead of having a negative impact on the environment, could be having a positive impact in creating green jobs mm. and, you know, putting us as well a little bit in the spotlight on, you know, look what we can do and we can sell green garments, mm. you know, not that it's the colour green, but, you know, <laughs> sustainability, <laughs> the sustainable garments to the rest of the world. So... And I think it's where we live as well. We, we're classed as the energy course, which is all about green energy. And the, like you say, there's nothing stopping us being more green about other things. And I think that's important for the what you're wanting to push forward and the companies that are based around here, hint, hint, um, <laughs> to get involved and to, to help you take this brilliant, you know, process and idea forward. And that's just another arm to your flourishing business because every time we talk I'm like have you thought about doing this what about this <laughs> um so I know we've, you've thought about doing some workshops and with younger people so you could educate them a bit um and look at kind of loads of different ideas just to expand the business a wee bit so it's not just the the clothing and you've heard it here for, for you've heard it here first <laughs> that possibly by the end of the year you'll have um, delivered your first couple of workshops to see how that's going to go. So that's quite exciting. Yeah. I feel like a proud mentor. <laughs> it absolutely is. And honestly, thank you so much for the support that you've been giving me. I truly appreciate it. Oh, you're more it, than welcome. As I said before, it blows my mind every time that we speak. <laughs> no, I, I've got a technical person, so, you know, I'll go more into the technicality of things. So, you know, to have that creative burst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't shut up. She, she asked me, um, Rachel... Do you sleep? Do you, how do you ever switch off? And I'm like, I'm not quite sure. I don't sleep very well. But um, I think that's that's one of my little superpowers is that creative idea generation. And if I can share that with you guys, then that just makes my life so much easier. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And you've educated me and I hope she's educated all of you. Last question. Top three tips for someone to start being more sustainable with their clothing? What could they do to start kind of thinking and applying this thought process? Perfect, yes. Yeah. So first, 
wash your clothes less. You do, people wash their clothes far too much. Some people don't wash it enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can smell them before you see but, them. <laughs> you know, yeah, just just smell that garment. You know, there are some fabric, you know, fresheners that mm. you can use. Just leave it hanging there, you know, before you actually put it in the washing machine because, one, the fibres will last for longer mm -hmm. and... As well, you're you're not wasting that much water and less yeah, carbon footprint, gas and yeah. electricity. So I mean, it's positive for you in every way. Um, second, I would say when you purchase online, if they don't have the measurements on the website, ask for the measurements before. There's a really really serious issue on on garments being returned because mm. once they're returned, some of them just go back straight to landfill. They don't even go back to be resold. So it, it depends on the, the policy and the brand oh, right. and how they work. So mm -hmm. sometimes people say, I'll just buy three different sizes. I'll, I'll try them on and mm -hmm. then I'll send the others back. That, that is really not a very good way of doing it. If you can, you know, just ask for the measurements or check the measurements, that's a really good That'd way. Interesting, because I have forward. been guilty of that, so slap my hand. Uh, yeah. But it's usually because the, you never know what you're going to get with the sizing of things these days. So you're like, well, I'll have to buy it in that size and that size and see which one fits better. No, absolutely. Mm. I think, you know, that's something that we should look into, mm. you know, offering more information on the website. I have to update my website and offer more information yes. on that as well. It just makes it easier and it reduces the carbon footprint. Uh, Garnements return to me don't come to landfill. No, they do not. I, I sterilise them with ozone and with steam and they go back mm -hmm. because ozone purifies everything. So it's... Yeah. It's a fantastic way of, of doing it. And I think the third tip is if you can upcycle, upcycle. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can sell on vintage, on Facebook and everything, do that. Please don't throw your garments in the rubbish bin. Uh, I mean, there's, there's always a solution to it. I understand that when it comes to underwears, it's a little bit harder, yeah. you know, so, so that's okay. But... You know, other things, even if you have to downcycle, so turn it into a cloth or something, you know, to clean something, it's miles better mm. than putting it in the rubbish bin. Be a pretty um, high-end cloth it was if you... If your knickers were 100% cotton. <laughs> we've done it before, and because obviously we've got the workshops and stuff at home, so the amount of rags we have that are old T-shirts or whatever... Um, rather than having dishcloths and buying more man-made fibre cloths and various what they tell you to clean things with a good old um, old pair of boxer shorts seem to do the trick <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> they're clean um, well again it's been an absolute pleasure Thank so you. if anybody wants to find you online or over the airwaves Tell them where they can find you. Perfect. Thank you. So on social media, it's just at Shop. And guys, engaging with me with, on social media, just a like or a comment really helps out to show that people are interested in sustainability and sustainable clothing to push this project forward. Yeah. And my website is www.ecolure.co.uk. Brilliant. So you need to go and find her and start yeah. upcycling. <laughs> and not throwing your stuff in the bin. Please. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, there you have it, folks. That is another episode of Teg Talks, and that was the lovely Rebecca from Eco Lure. Until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. A Liquid Studios production.